And welcome to the Story X Story podcast, where we discuss cool stories across pop culture and give you advice on creating your own. It's episode number eight on Sunday, the 22nd of September. I'm the Maya Matter co-founder, Nigel. Hi, I'm Tazzy. I'm a variety streamer and your host today. Hello, I'm Gina. I'm the show's producer and I also do freelance artwork and social media. And we have a surprise guest. Last week or last episode, uh, I said there was going to be no guests. I lied. Uh, that was a lie. We have a guest and her name is Penali. Welcome. Uh, hi, nice to be here. I'm just here to talk about uh, what today's subject is going to be, at least. I'm I'm the artist for Maya Matter, so that's basically what I do. I also make costumes. I feel like I should mention that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I totally buried that lead there. So Penali is the uh, Maya Meta artist. So uh, some people listening would have seen your work, but never heard your voice or seen your face because you're elusive like that. But yeah, yeah. so um, all that like great artwork you've been seeing from the Maya Meta comics on the website, on our t-shirt designs, on random sort of printouts that we do is um down to penali so yeah thanks for joining us yeah you're welcome i'm happy to be here oh so we're going to talk about zootopia that is our main story discussion but before we get there we've got a few things uh to get to so let's start with what's happening in the mayamada universe so we've got a few things that we're focused on like for the rest of the year and one of those things is hot lunch so i've mentioned it in the last couple of episodes and i'm going to mention it again because it's coming to life so we did that kickstarter earlier in the year um i can't remember which month but spring i remember when there was sun i remember definitely sun <laughs> um so yeah we got that finished writing the book uh, and then we're now at the stage of yeah getting all the artwork done so I can talk a bit about it, but you've already heard me, heard me talk like loads about it. So, um, Penali, how like how are you finding the this latest journey in the the Mayamada universe? Oh, it's it's a lot of fun. I I really like seeing the story unfold and getting to you know plan out all the pages. I really I really enjoy sort of getting to translate the script into the into the artwork like choosing what angles would emphasize a certain dramatic point or a certain emotion and i really enjoy getting to do it it's a lot it's hard, really hard work and it takes a long time but um it, it's very rewarding to see especially to see the finished product when the um book is finished and you can hold it in your hands that's always like a highlight yeah yeah i think for me it's like great to see people especially people who have been asking for a while when's a new book coming out when's a new book coming out um for me to then say here it is take it and yeah just see like the reactions from people so yeah looking forward to seeing it uh, come together um so yeah we'll be sharing out like artwork along the way mostly to kickstarter backers but some select bits of artwork uh, will be coming on just general social media so we've got the comic, but then we've also got like Kickstarter artwork, new characters, uh, variant cover designs, and I believe a new t-shirt design somewhere in there. So there's a lot to come. Uh, another thing that's to come, we've got a lot of conventions. So I looked at my calendar like this past week and after, I think after 
the first weekend in October, it's pretty much just conventions until like mid-November. So for October, I'm going to be going to the Lake District or thereabouts for the Lakes Comic, is it Lakes International Comic Art Festival. Got to make sure I put in that full title there. So that's a convention I did for the first time last year. And it was good. The first day got completely rained out. Uh, so that kind of affected attendance, but it was nice. I stayed in a, a bed and breakfast, which was amazing. Uh, I immediately booked, rebooked there. Um, so I'm going to be doing that. And then the week after, I'm going to be giving at least one talk at EGX, maybe two. They haven't got back to me yet. So that's going to be in the Excel Center uh, in East London. So look out for us there. And then the week after that is the London Comic Con, where I'm pretty sure everyone who's London-based here will be at. Yeah. Okay, just checking. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, Comic Con is one of those events that just everyone like descends upon. Like <laughs> end of October, end of May, you just like see people. Some people we haven't seen for a while, but they're going to be at Comic Con. It's that kind of place. Uh, anyone looking for anything in particular at this Comic Con? No. <laughs> <laughs> Trying Nothing. to save money at the moment. So. Okay. It's so hard to do it. That's Comic a wrong place so. to be. I know. Yeah, I went I'm last time and I bought. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up spending like 150 pounds on two figures, and I was like, "This is not what I intended on doing with my money." But sure. Okay. <laughs> Saying that, I might buy some plushies because now <laughs> I have my new office. I have like a load of space to display stuff. And I think it's missing, like, plushies. I have, I have one. I have one. Oh, no, you need more than one. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm told they come in packs, so... <laughs> more, at least. Um, uh, fun fact. So we actually met Penali at Comic-Con. And uh, when I do, like, workshops and, and talks and stuff, I kind of retell this story where uh, myself and Lau were just randomly wandering the um the halls of comic-con and stumbled across an artist who i think you had your own comic at the time i did that... i ne i never like I, I ended up dropping that comic because uh you know when you end up getting something that you know at least is is making you money as opposed to something you do for free and then hope people buy it um yeah. it, it just i just ended up dropping it because i didn't ha have time for it but also just uh i ended up maturing beyond it but it was really yeah i remember i I have this clear image in my mind of of N Nigel and Lau coming up to the table, and I think you guys look through my portfolio. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was, it was like because Lau just said, "Hey, she looks like she's doing some good stuff. Let's go over there." And I was just like, "Yeah, okay." Uh, and <laughs> that was it. And then we just started talking, and then pitched the idea for my matter. Yeah, I I always wondered why you ended up uh, going with it because like I don't think I had. I had a few animals in in the portfolio, but not that much. But I guess that was probably enough. It was enough. It was enough. Yeah. Okay. You know, you know what it was. So, because uh, I remember, like at the the very very beginning, um, Lau was the one who highlighted that there's a difference between people who can draw and people who can draw anthropomorphic characters. Mm -hmm. So I think when he saw you had like any, that was enough for us to go over. Yeah. Uh, and. Sense. Yeah, I was just like, Laos sounds like he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, let's just go and see what's over there. So yeah. Yeah, because rest... a lot of 
a lot of artists tend to be, um, you know, you can either draw humans or you can draw animals. Yeah. And like finding someone who can do both or who can combine the two, it's actually trickier than you'd think. <laughs> yeah, it's trickier than I thought. But uh, we did it, so... Yeah, which is also relevant <laughs> to the topic with Zootopia, where it's this mesh of uh, human and animal. Yeah, we've got, like, an animal ac- expert here. So, <laughs> yeah, we're going to get to that in a, in a little while. And so, yeah, that's all my October conventions. Um, before we get to October, we've got Gamepad, which is another thing that I've talked about a number of times on the show. So our autumn event is coming up on Saturday, the 20th of September. I'm furiously um, gathering bits and preparing notes for that event uh, and then hoping people turn up on a day, which is pretty much my usual pattern uh, for Gamepad, like right about now. So yeah, if you are a gamer in and about the London area, uh, you can come down to Lambeth Town Hall on the 28th of September. Tickets are still available. You can go to Gamepad events check out all the games all the tournaments there are a bunch of tournaments happening including uh well actually not so much a tournament but a, a dance off with just dance 2019 which i know tazzy is very ex- excited for i'm so excited for this i've literally <laughs> been playing just, just dance all day today so i'm ready for you <laughs> cool so yeah bring your thumbs bring your hips and september the 28th and that's pretty much the main things that are happening in Maya matter well at least like the tip of the iceberg but yeah we'll uh, come back to like more updates and then lead into our next segment about stories that we're all consuming yeah so the this part is a spoiler free discussion um, and we talk about the stories that we're reading watching or playing so we always start with us with our guests so Penelope. Do you want to let us know what you have been? Oh boy. Okay. Well, um, this summer has been pretty uh, busy for me, so I haven't had that much time to consume new stuff. I did consume the most recent season of Stranger Things, uh, which was Ooh. good. I quite enjoyed that. Um, I'm also really looking forward to uh, the next season of My Hero Academia, which is coming out next month, so I'm really excited for that. Um other than that, I've mostly been watching a lot of YouTube like analysis on um, existing stories and things that I enjoy. So that's mainly what I've been watching while I work because it require doesn't it doesn't require quite as much attention. It's sort of like listening to a podcast as opposed to watching a show. So I like I like listening to you know story analysis, character analysis, themes, and stuff like that. That's mainly what I've been doing. <laughs> Are there, Is any, there particular any channels? <laughs> oh yeah, was, we had the same question. I, oh yeah, yeah I really I similar thing. Like, just listen to story analysis, so I'm just like uh, interested. I really love stuff like, um, one that really jumps to mind is like Stories of Old on YouTube. It's a YouTube channel and uh, they just go into a, uh, analysis on these different movies and different um, themes and really dissecting them in terms of sort of, they, they, they have like a sort of human experience lens on it, which I find really interesting and helps me look in more depth into the things that I consume. Cool. I just had a quick search. So we'll add those to the show notes because, yeah, we do... Um... Obviously, we make stories, and some of the people listening might also be making stories. So, it'll be interesting to see what other people kind of listen to or watch to get like, advice and breakdowns and analysis. So, we'll add those to the show notes. Yeah, I'd very much recommend like stories of old. Uh, it's very good. Cool. Nice. 
Dina, you're up next. Uh, so I completely forgot My Hero Academia was coming out next month. So thank you for reminding me tonight. <laughs> yeah, no problem. I'm <laughs> very, very excited. No, me too. Like, I, it hasn't really hit me that it's October next month. Like, in literally, yeah, like it a went, time. It went way too fast. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, looking forward to that. Um, other than that, I I know I'm like super late, but I just watched Ratatouille this week. I I don't even know when that came out. It must have been years ago. Um, but I thought it would kind of blend in well with Zootopia because it's another, you know, animal Pixar thing. Um, I definitely preferred Zootopia, but I thought Ratatouille was very, it had a nice message. It was funny. It was cute. Um, I don't feel like a lot happened in the story. Um, I think a lot more happens in something like Zootopia, but I did still enjoy it. And like the, I can't, what was the name of the, the, um, the chef? Was it Skinner? I think. Like, just watching him go more and more insane over <laughs> thinking he keeps seeing Remy, like, in the kitchen and just, like, never being able to catch him. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> oh. You know, I haven't seen Ratatouille. Oh, Ratatouille you know, is uh... my favorite Pixar movie, I think. I think it's my absolute favorite. Cool. <laughs> so. it's, fu- it's funny because people, like, when I'm at conventions, people will look at the Samurai Chef and, like, look at Camus and go, oh, yeah, this... Uh, it looks like Ratatouille, uh, so you must have seen it. I'm like, nope. <laughs> I don't, I don't Especially know since about. you know Camus, he isn't like a good, the good guy in that story. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. It's but it's just weird how it always makes me think how people. I guess there's no completely original ideas because obviously there's some similarity, but I just have not. I've not seen. Well, I guess I've seen the rats, so maybe subconsciously. I was influenced, but yeah, it's just it's just funny when people say, "Oh yeah, so you must have seen it." I was like, nope. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have like something an old friend said to me before and it really made me really rethink uh, my personal creativity and it was that just that no idea is original there is always someone somewhere in the world that has had or will have that same idea and it's, it's just how it works there's only a finite amount of things we can think of <laughs> that's actually like, a very it's a very comforting idea. Yeah. Because, um, like, if you're a creative person, of course, you're going to be creating stuff and you're going to be like, oh, no, am I stealing from something I saw before? Or, you know, is this not original? But when you think about it, like, probably nothing is going to be original. And there's always the exactly. chance that someone on the other side of the world thought of the same thing completely independently of you. Exactly. So it just helps. It actually helps to just stop worrying about it and just yeah. make what you're passionate about. Like, get your yeah. vision out there and your personal touch will be the thing that makes it unique. Exactly. Like, that's the point and because the one thing that is unique about everything is that we're all unique beings so you're exactly like you said your touch and that really helped me because it was like I always get into this thing where I'm like oh no but someone else done like a similar idea and like that just idea that no nothing's original it's like oh cool (laughs) my similar idea is okay (laughs) there's no such thing as like completely original it's all you know we're always gonna have stuff but similar <laughs> but yeah i have nothing that i've really been watching or anything lately so <laughs> but oh my god you just made me think that i'm like i need to catch up on so much anime so <sighs> yeah, i mean i'm still watching one anime. piece so <laughs> like way behind <laughs> so yeah nigel what about you i'm excited for this bit <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so i finished watching seven deadly sins I uh, got to the end of season three, but I haven't watched the film. As I now know, I need to go back and watch that. 
also. But yeah, I enjoyed it. I like I kind of I liked it from the beginning. I always liked the whole idea of just this the group dynamic and you start off with just uh, Elizabeth and Meliodas and they're on this quest to reunite the seven deadly sins. So they go off and they're going to find each one in turn. And it's like those kind of, I guess, journey stories in a way where they pick up new characters and each one brings a new dynamic to the story. And then, you know, you get your, some of your backstory. So that's what I liked about season three in particular, where you got a lot of, it's kind of the motivations of the characters, um, you know, why they do what they do and how that impacts on the current days. So I like that. Um, yeah, I was going to, oh, one thing I did know. So I've got one issue and it's kind mm-hmm. of an, it's, it's an issue almost with just anime and, and, and manga in general, but uh, it, just, it just made me think of it here where it, at times in the third season and particularly when, there's a point when they started measuring people's power levels without giving too much away. Uh, and I felt it got quite expositional where it started explaining things like it, it would explain, um, it would almost like stop to explain people's moves and exactly what that meant. And I've noticed it like quite a bit in, it seems to be a thing in, in manga uh, and anime where it, that's part of the storytelling and I've kind of accepted it. But for whatever reason, it just like stuck out. So there were moments where um, I felt a bit taken out because it felt like the characters were the characters' dialogue every so often was like to stop and explain how mm. how they were feeling mm. or what this particular move meant when it could have been just explained through the actions and reactions and stuff like that. Yeah, I know exactly what you're referring mm-hmm. to. <laughs> yeah. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, I totally get that. Um, no, yeah, there's a certain item and character that it seems like in yes. season three their whole purpose <laughs> is to explain, <laughs> is to explain yeah. and to measure power levels yeah there's one I... thing i wanted to ask and it was does your opinion on some of the characters change in like the revelations of season three and backstory that you learn about them mm, yes but not necessarily in a bad way more of a intriguing how is this going to impact because a lot of like the revelations and the sort of big one is about oh how is this now going to affect the relationship between the characters mm-hmm. and i kind of like seeing that kind of stuff unfold yeah yeah so and i, I felt it was good because it, it like i was saying it gave you kind of a bit of a deeper understanding of the the main characters uh and this journey that they're all on yeah there is a lot of backstory as well that really changes how you think about the dynamics of characters. There's mm. several relationships that are kind of like, oh, oh, and then like yeah. how they now act. And there's some things that some characters know and some characters that don't know in that relationship. You're like, I love it. Yeah, I will say <laughs> I do like the relationship between uh, Meliodas and uh, Bourne. I don't know how. What? Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, them too. Yeah. yeah, it's quite like <laughs> so it. complex. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I quite like it. It's all competitive, but it's friendly and yeah. Um so yeah, I I did enjoy it and I'll I'll definitely be watching that uh that film. Um if I could just like jump in real quick because yeah. listening to Nigel talk actually reminded me I have been watching something else recently. <laughs> okay. Um <laughs> I I recently rewatched um Naruto, the whole thing. <gasps> 
Um, wow. <laughs> you know, I'm one of those people who, when I was a teenager, I was really into Naruto. Um, and uh, going back to it was just really interesting for me. Like, going back to it with a lens of sort of, you know, examining how the story is going, uh, feeling out the the pacing of the thing. I just found that really fascinating to go back and rewatch it and, you know, with a new lens on it. And after Naruto, I, I have actually started watching One Piece, which is yeah. also, again, another interesting comparison to, like, watch these shonen uh, stories all, like, sort of in a short period of time and then examine how different they are, what one does better, what one does le le less good, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just been a very interesting experience for me. Is there one you prefer? I think, especially in terms of, like, pacing and character interaction, One Piece really takes the cake for me. Mm. I, it's yeah. interesting because I never watched or I tried to watch One Piece like when I was younger and never got into it. I started it and just it didn't hold mm -hmm. me. But I started watching Naruto and got, got into that. Mm -hmm. But now, like, well, I haven't tried rewatching Naruto, but I started mm -hmm. One Piece a few years ago um, and I'm not that far into it. Um, but I'm, I'm like, how did I not like this before? Mm -hmm. Why do I like it now when I <laughs> yeah. didn't like it before? Yeah, so, like it's, you said, it's, it's really interesting going back and watching something. And in yeah, the same I really vein, wonder if, if there's like a sort of age thing, like a maturity gap or something like yeah. that. I don't know. It's it's odd though, because I because I also wrote off One Piece when I was younger and when I was really into Naruto. But now <laughs> going into it, I'm like, oh, wow, One Piece is so great. Yeah. <laughs> I have started, well, I started ages ago, but didn't continue just because I get anxious when you tell me there's like 800 episodes. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed it. And it's kind of similar to Seven Deadly Sins where I just like the idea of this character that's on this journey and picks up mm -hmm. other characters along the way. So I'm kind yeah. of a, a bit of a sucker uh, for stories like yeah, that. Yeah, that's exactly um, what reminded me of One Piece. So I was like, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. I have to watch that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, apart from the anime far along from that i've been watching a um live action drama so i don't know if anyone knows about peaky blinders i know about it never watched it no. So, <laughs> no okay so this is a good show uh, i'm just gonna this is a i really like this show it's um it's a bit of a i don't know a kind of acquired taste just in speaking to a couple of different people that i know are into their into their stories just because it's quite slow um, but it's so basically it's a so it's like a crime drama and it's setting Birmingham, uh, England, uh, for those that aren't um, listening in England, and it stars the the Shelby crime family in the aftermath of World War One. So the protagonist who is uh, Tommy Tommy Shelby, uh, and he's played by Cillian Murphy, if I'm saying that right, who I know from being Scarecrow in Batman Begins um that guy if you remember him and he's like the he's basically the boss he's he's running this this crime family and he comes back from world war one into the family and he's sort of setting things up again and he's making you know his his crime moves so they run this um bookies this this betting uh shop but the thing about the character and the thing i like about the story is that he's super ambitious so from even from the first episode he's got sort of plans to grow beyond where they are now and what's interesting about the show is that those ambitions sort of cost him so i like the idea of of the, the idea of like risk like how how much are you willing to risk for your ambitions 
and in, in this show it's a lot so it gets like him into trouble it gets his family uh into trouble and you kind of see those situations where it's like oh how is he going to get out of this so it's very uh when i say it's very slow it's quite i i sort of liken it to almost like a chess game like the first three episodes are really like just moving the pieces around the board and it's one of those shows where you get to the last few episodes and things start to drop like big uh, changes start to happen and it's very character focused which i quite like and you you get those uh interesting sort of scenes between characters and you kind of as the audience you know like what this character has been through and where this character's coming from and you see how they they clash and i always like shows that do that so uh, i think up to Oh, is it season five? I think I'm up to. Um, yeah, so without giving anything away, but it's sort of more seeing where uh, Tommy Shelby is now, where the family is, especially all they've gone through, uh, and how he's his ambition is going to sort of take him further into this like uh, dark place. It looks like. So yeah, I recommend it. It's not from what I've seen. It's not for everyone, but I think it's a really well made show. Uh, very good production values, and I really like the story and focus on like character dynamics. I might give that one a chance. <laughs> yes, yeah, I, I like the I, I like the whole I, the whole thing with risk because I mean, a huge part of story and of tension is risk, right? Yeah, yeah, and there's a lot of it. it just he does he does things where it's like, I mean, I I kind of admire it because he's just so like ambitious, but it's almost like, oh, are you sure? Why don't you just like sell? <laughs> just like you're you're good now. You can just sell. You don't have to go any further. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna. I think we've covered like all the different things people are watching, um, except one, Zootopia. So we can get into that discussion right now. All right, so we're going to be talking about the Disney animation Zootopia, which is directed by um, Byron Howard and Rich Moore. And before I go any further, always have to give the spoiler alert. So spoilers ahead for Zootopia. You have been warned. Okay. All right, just give a moment for those people to leave, to switch off their podcast listening devices. Right. Um, All right, so yeah, let's get into it. I mean... I guess I'll do a recap of the story, but before uh, I get into that, uh, do you guys want to give me your sort of quick takes, overall impressions of what you think about this story? Penali, do you want to go first? Uh, sure. Um, I mean, I remember when I first saw it, I thought it was really, like, really delightful, just very enjoyable the whole way through. Uh, the story is really solid. The characters are really fun to hang out with. It makes you want to see more of them interacting. Um, the art, of course, is beautiful. The animation is just... I don't have any complaints at all with any of it. Uh, I feel like it's a, an extremely well-put-together piece of work. And, and yeah, I really... I can't think of anything I would change about it. So <laughs> it's one that I, I, I'm happy to return to it over and over, honestly. Cool. What about you, Tanya? I feel like it's just been described pretty perfectly yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it is just so enjoyable and it's just such a happy film to watch and I just like how they frame certain issues um without it taken away from this really happy universe <laughs> yeah that's a good point that's a good point 
just a heads up, yeah, she means racism. We're going to be talking about racism on this I feel part. like it's more than just <laughs> racism, though. I think it's just prejudice. I think they cover just mm-hmm. prejudice yeah. as a general thing without necessarily, like, giving it specific prejudice. It's like this can literally be used for any isms. <laughs> yeah, they did that very well, like, really mm-hmm. well. And it's, like, a key thing I'll kind of... Um, bring it up later but is it like a key thing i like that they did in handling this situation mm-hmm. um it's actually one of the uh few things we're covering that gene is also seen and seen multiple times <laughs> yeah i'm usually like the one who sits there like i haven't seen this so you guys talk <laughs> i have actually seen zootopia so bringing gina out of the shadows and into the discussion <laughs> yeah but what did you think about it Oh, I loved it. I mean, it's so up my street. I like really like animals and Disney Pixar. So it was like perfect when it first came out. I was like begging my friends to come and see it. And then obviously it's called Zootropolis here. And we were all like on Google, like trying to book tickets. We're like, why can't we find Zootopia anywhere? <laughs> yeah, that weirded me out. I was yeah. Like, yeah. Even why? When I looked up why, it's just <laughs> most ridiculous thing. Yeah. Okay. So it kind of feels like we all like really like this. So this is about to be a Zootopia loving because um, I really. Enjoyed I actually it got well. my my sister did, really didn't want to see it. Like she was so opposed to seeing it. She thought the trailer made it look like nothing really happened. And I was like, no, you have to see it. And I like sat down with her and I made her watch it. And she, we finished it. And she was like, okay, it was so good. Like, it was so much better than she ever thought it would be. Wow. Okay. All right, so I'll do a recap and then we'll start talking about some of the the topics that we've got here. So in rural Bonneborough, a nine-year-old rabbit, Judy Hopps, performs in a school play showing that animals have evolved to where predators and prey can now live side by side. The play ends with Judy announcing that she wants to be a police officer, but a young fox, Gideon Gray, sneers at the idea, later taunting Judy's dreams and slashing her in the face. 15 years later and Judy fulfills her dream of becoming a police officer in urban Zootopia. However, Chief Bogo doubts her potential and delegates her to parking duty where she is hustled by a con artist fox, Nick Wilde. Judy Judy later abandons her parking duty to arrest a criminal weasel, Duke Wieselton, but is later reprimanded for it by Bogo. During the exchange, an otter named Mrs. Otterton pleads for someone to find her missing husband, Emmett. Judy volunteers and Bogo is forced to let her take the case when Assistant Mayor Dawn Bellwether praises the assignment. Bogo gives Judy 48 hours to find Emmett, but if she fails, she will have to resign from the ZPD. Judy blackmails Nick into assisting her mission and they track the missing otter to the crime boss, Mr. Big, who reveals Emmett went savage and attacked his chauffeur, Manchus. Judy and Nick interview Manchus at his home, who mentions something about night howlers before turning savage and chasing the pair. Chief Bogo demands Judy's resignation, but Nick defends Judy and they continue the mission, eventually locating the missing predators who have all turned savage. They discover Mayor Leodore Lionheart has secretly imprisoned them while attempting to determine the cause of their behavior. Lionheart and the asylum staff are arrested for false imprisonment and Bellwether becomes a new mayor. Judy gives a speech at a congratulatory press conference. However, she suggests that the cause of the savage behavior is predator biology. In anger, Nick abandons Judy as discrimination against predators runs rampant throughout Zootopia. 
Racked with guilt, Judy resigns from the ZPD and returns to Bunnyborough. Now home, Judy learns that the night howlers are actually a plant that contains a neurotoxin causing animals to turn savage. Returning to Zootopia, Judy and Nick are confronted by Mayor Bellwether, who reveals herself as the mastermind behind the conspiracy to frame predators as dangerous and savage. But Judy records Bellwether's confession as the ZPD arrive at the scene. Bellwether is arrested and the savage animals are cured. Judy rejoins the ZPD and Nick graduates from the police academy to become Zootopia's first Fox police officer and Judy's partner, the end so you mentioned that actually before um my recap you mentioned like you had trouble finding the name because in the uk and i i knew this at the time but didn't quite dawn on me until um because there was a point in time i tried to pick this up i I went into um, a cex store um, and tried to pick up uh, zootopia which could not be found so me and a cashier um, was just kind of you know figure out why this thing couldn't be found in the system, <laughs> uh, and then I realised, oh yeah, in the UK it's called Zootropolis, which I had no idea um, why they did that until I googled it uh, and mm-hmm. found out that as many things uh, as with many things in kind of you know corporate world, it's you know it's a legal thing. So apparently I found out there's a uh, Danish zoo who have the Zootopia trademark for like merchandise in the uk so i think that was the reason why disney decided let's not get into that legal battle and just call it something else oh okay and they're like disney's sort of official answer to it was the most i was like just say it yeah (laughs) it was like we feel that it would suit the uh like uh the British, the UK audience better. And it's like, why on earth was Zootropolis? I don't I know. think it makes sense. That's to ridiculous. Me. <laughs> Zootopia makes way more sense. Like Zootropolis, what is this? What and is then that? I found the Well, especially the since they never say Zootropolis in the film. Like, why would that make more sense to us by calling it Zootropolis? That's a good point. You think they would have then gone and just changed all mention of yeah, yeah. at least to Yeah, it's always funny when you get you know, there's corporations and they don't want to give the real answer. So they give some kind of like fluffy nonsense answer. And that was such a nonsense answer. Like, you can't do that to us anymore. The internet exists. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they probably don't want to admit that they don't have the power to like, you know, take that trademark. They could do it in such like a, let's make Disney look good because actually mm-hmm. Disney often are the villains. Um, yeah. And being like, well, you know, there's a lovely little zoo and we just, don't want to take that away from them. Yeah, that would have been a good story. Like Disney doesn't crush uh, enough to get rid of it. I think they should have gone with that. Yeah. But yeah, so um, yeah, that was an interesting bit of uh, trivia I didn't know until like just a couple weeks ago. But um, yeah, so like uh, like Tazzy said, there's a lot of like themes around sort of prejudice and stuff like that, but. When I was rewatching, so I watched it first when it came out in the cinema, and then I watched it again. Um, and one of the things that I was more aware of um, now, like this time around, I think just because I've done more of this entrepreneur journey and also spoken to more young people 
in um, in the workshops that we do. And I just felt that from the beginning, when Judy announces that she wants to be a police officer, so she has this this dream, and then she gets laughed at. But the thing that kind of hit me is when her parents like sort of tell her, basically, you're dreaming too much. I was like, wow, that is this whole idea of like this tackling low expectations, um, whether they're set out by society or your own family. So you've got uh, Judy's parents, um, uh, Bonnie and Stu, who basically tell her to to give up <laughs> before uh, she's even tried. So I think her uh, her dad, so Stu says, if you don't try anything new, you'll never fail. And um, Judy's mother said, it's it's good to have dreams. Uh, and then Stu adds, just as long as you don't believe in them too much. And I just thought that's that's kind of a crazy thing to to tell to to your child. I mean, honestly, though, I think that that is actually, like, kind of reality for a lot of people. Because I remember, like, I'm an artist, and I remember as a kid, when I was in high school, I would... My teachers would actually tell me, like, um, no, don't try to be a comic book artist, don't try to be a cartoonist, because there's way too much competition, you'll never get anywhere, go into something else instead. Like, I was really told that. Yeah, I've heard that so many times, and even like I said with the workshops, I, I I hear about it, so I hear the stories, but then I also see like the impact on young people. Where I've had conversations with um, people, so sometimes I um, work with either kids that want to do you know creative stuff or, like drawing or video games, and I remember talking to one kid, and he was talking about his interest in in the video game industry, uh, and I said to him like, you know, what have you done with that? Like, yeah, I mean, he was. 1617 but you know it's the internet that's uh that's where mm-hmm. you start so i was like okay what have you done he's and he said something along the lines of uh nothing because my parents something like my parents wouldn't support it so i'm waiting until i i think i get older or something like that mm-hmm. uh yeah and i just like hit me because i was like you're because you're 1617 but there are loads of other people and obviously there is competition and everything but there's loads of other people who are starting now like they're yeah. starting building mm-hmm. other channels and and you're because of what you've been told you're holding back on that mm-hmm. um, yeah. so yeah when i when i saw this uh in the film like just particularly on this watch it kind of that that bit hit me yeah. yeah i think especially when people are young and that you know they have the spare time in which they can try something for which they're not getting paid for at the beginning mm. it, it, like if it's their dream i i think it's really cruel to like just crush that immediately rather than let them give it a go while they have the spare time and the freedom to do so yeah and while their mistakes really 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 don't matter like (laughs) yeah you can study or do like literally anything you want up until you start to get to like 25 and then it's like no now there's like actual genuine pressures and you probably should (laughs) figure stuff out but and even after, I mean, you can still figure stuff out, but you're way more free. Like, yeah. there's so many, like, um, especially in the UK, but um, sort of fundings and things that, you know, even if you're, you've moved out of home at 18, you can still survive <laughs> and get through it and oh, not yeah. have to pay as much. Um, but there's there's just so many things and it's like this is the time to try and to fail is Mm -hmm. when you are young like to have those dreams and have it can be crazy ridiculous it can be something that doesn't even exist um because there's one point later on in the film uh where the fox wants to be an elephant it's not even really a kid but oh yeah nick's son or nick's quote unquote 
son. Son, yeah. <laughs> the, the Fennec fox. And then, yeah. Yeah. And then um, she's just like, oh, um, that's fine. You can be anything you want. And I think that's just like the beautiful thing. Like, I feel like children should always be allowed to believe in the most ridiculous dreams. <laughs> yeah, while well, they can. Definitely. While they yeah. can, yeah, yeah. I always because my uh, so my niece is sixteen. Uh, she just started college this year. Uh, so I was talking to her recently, and she was telling me, "Oh yeah, it's fine," and but it's a lot of time uh, and everything like that. And one of the things that I'm gonna uh, like press on her is like, you think you don't have time? You have so much time. <laughs> like Literally. you have time. Yeah, just <laughs> like try things because you'll get to a point where you really don't have time. Um, yeah, I've literally but... got friends who are like, they hate their jobs, but they don't have time to apply for anything else because all they do is work in these jobs that they hate. And then you're that... kind of stuck in that position at that point. Yeah, and ideally you don't want to be there. So, yes. yeah. yeah. It's horrible that people it are is. in positions like that. It really, I don't know, it breaks my heart. Like, yeah, so I if you've got people. to help those friends as much as yeah. possible. It's like, what yeah. can I do to like give you more time to apply for a better job? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess we're saying if you're uh, under 25, if you're a young person listening to this, be an elephant. That's the best. <laughs> yeah, you take away elephant. nothing else. Even, even if you're a fanic fox, be an elephant. Yes, yeah, be an yeah. elephant. It doesn't and matter. even if you're it's older, it's still not too late to be an elephant. But yes, I understand yeah. that older, there are older you know, a lot more weights and things that might you know, be a bit more pressing. But if you're under 25, literally, there's no nothing. Just do it go yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it's yeah. gonna be harder if you're older but i do know people like you know i always see these posts of like oh i wrote my first novel at 50 or whatever and i got published at 55 and it's like it's never too late just yeah never ever yeah another <laughs> fact on that so uh, apparently colonel sanders didn't get his first franchise until he was in his 60s yeah so wow i didn't know that yeah see you didn't know that did you a lot of the biggest successes are actually like post like yeah like you know the midlife crisis it really needs a new name it's more like midlife realized that i should have been following my dreams this whole time time. (laughs) (laughs) so that's why you should do it before you're 25 yeah Yeah. there you go all right so um yeah so we've got this whole i just wanted to yeah drop on that it's like turned into the uh the support hour for like young people (laughs) it's a it's important message but there's a lot of important messages uh, in this film. And obviously, the, I guess the, the big one is this idea, um, like these themes of prejudice and discrimination and using animals to sort of convey that message. So, like, I mean, I, I mentioned racism at, uh, at the top, but it's way more, I guess, complex than that. And like you were saying, Tazzy, it could be applied to, to different isms uh, around but i just love the way they've used this this idea of you got the the prey and the predator animals who have evolved to a point where they are all living together but you still have this underlying kind of i guess fear um of the the predator animals and how that's used to kind of i guess turn people against each other and use used to get someone in a position of power. Um, now, obviously, without getting too political, uh, this film did come out in 2016. And um, yeah, so I think it <laughs> kind of mirrors some of the stuff that was that was, that was happening at, at, at the time. 
Mm-hmm. It was very, very topical at the time. But of course, you have to remember that, you know, these films have been in development for two, three years beforehand. So yes. they must have, you know, but of course, it, you know, it was still very, very extremely relevant. And then it just happened to coincide with a lot of events uh, that were sort of bringing these problems, these issues to the to the foreground. Yeah, that happens. And I think just um, as a side note, you see things where like the Joker film that's going to come out is getting a lot of, I guess, backlash because some of the themes or some of the, uh, yeah, I, I'll go with themes that it might inspire in, in other people. But mm-hmm. like you say, these films take years to make, make and years to make and then years to write before that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do get these situations where sometimes they'll come out and it just seems to like pick up on the sentiment that's uh, around at the times. And this is definitely one of the films that, um, did that so I mean what did you what did you guys think about the idea of sort of using animals to to tackle this kind of complex subject in a Disney film as well let's not forget I think it's great because it does give you a chance to cover different like biases um, in the same line so there are certain uh, lines in the movie that you could literally place so many different types of people there in those characters and it would still be very applicable. So people can relate to it without making it about one specific group of people, if that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely. And I think with our manga in in the My Maddie universe, we've kind of got that sort of feedback where people say, um, so this is an audio podcast you can't see but i'm black and um we get like feedback saying how oh it's this is a a comic or manga brand by black creators but we don't necessarily have black characters Uh, and where people have told us that it using animals it kind of takes the in our case like the question of race out of it and makes it something that different people can approach without necessarily bringing any biases or prejudice they might have you know either way into the story they can just enjoy the story or in this case they can just uh take on like the message or the theme and just contemplate that without seeing it being you know one group against another it's just it's these animals and and that allows you to separate yourself abstract it uh, in that way so i like how they've done that I think it works really well with doing with animals because I feel like if it was the same story but with humans, I don't know how well that would have worked and I don't know how many people would have watched it, like especially kids because I'm sure a lot of parents wouldn't have known the themes and would have just taken their kids to see it because, you know, it's a Disney animal film and And I think that probably gets more people to watch it in that sense. Yeah, and you could actually watch the whole film and be completely oblivious and ignorant to any of the themes in it. Yeah. Because yeah. it's such a nice film. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I agree. And it's, yeah, it is just a good story. There's like other themes around like just friendship in, in there as well. And like we talked about sort of pursuing your dreams and not letting people tell you what you should be. So there's that in there. And um, in terms of like the the prejudice uh, angle, what? So I was listening to the uh, a podcast where I think the writer, not the director's, were discussing some of like behind the scenes development and what was interesting to me was hearing them talk about how they were tackling that the idea of this this prejudice and um 
discrimination and apparently when they were making i say apparently straight from the director so I, I made that sound like it was like you know some gossip or anything but um <laughs> so, so the directors the same when they were first working on the film and they wanted to tackle this idea of of prejudice it this the film was starting to come across as this like old school racism where you have that racism of the of the 60s where it was very overt so you can you can see like who was being um sort of marginalized and and who it was you know doing that uh to marginalize groups um so it didn't feel very contemporary they were saying so they had to go away and kind of think about what they wanted to say in a story that could be you know that could resonate for today's audience and the key thing that i like really like that they did here is they made that not so much over uh, racism or prejudice but the unconscious bias that that people have and i guess everyone has to some uh you know varying degrees and it's that stuff that is more insidious because you can't see it right away and to do that in judy who is the protagonist here who on the face of it is just like this nice um this nice rabbit who has these dreams and you want to root for her uh, and then after they arrest the the mayor or mayor lionheart the the first arrest and they feel like you know job done and she gives that speech and out of it comes this idea that you know she gets posed the question about why do you think this is happening to to predators and she goes to that you know it's biology so it's just the way they they're made and that's when her unconscious bias comes out and you kind of go oh actually she kind of has these views and you see how it it links back to her childhood because you see her being attacked by um Gideon uh, the fox so she's got that kind of i guess that that ghost in her that thing that happened in her past that still wants her today but it comes out and i love the way they use that unconscious bias uh to say something about prejudice today versus you know uh back in the day so to speak yeah i agree because then Nick's reaction to it um and obviously his childhood mm. things that have happened to him um it really they really make that transition really nice like after she comes out of the talk she's so oblivious to what she's just done she's yeah. like yeah oh yeah no no but you're all right and we've heard that before yes she says, <laughs> she says that she says is it like you're not not you or like you're yeah. not like them exactly and then he's like there's a them now yeah <laughs> and it was like oh wow this is this is very real right now yeah. <laughs> and i feel like it's the realest point of the movie where it's like I guess the mo- the least sort of happy-go-lucky part of the film, and it gets really real to the core there. But I like that she immediately recognises that she has an unconscious bias. Mm. And it's like, oh, what? oh, damn it. Like, I didn't mean it like that, but maybe I need to check myself. Um, yeah. And that, that, that the fact that she does recognise it and can correct it is such an important part to me as well because yes. I feel like people like to brush people with like a label like your bias against these people mm-hmm. and that's it like you can't ever come back from that and I think, I think it's, it's yeah I think it's really so nice to show like the protagonist who is like having these prejudices and it doesn't make her a terrible person it just makes her a product of her upbringing yeah. and that's okay you can you can get better from that 
exactly you can grow and you can learn I think that's something that we're really missing um, in like today's mm. cancel culture <laughs> that's a good point you know I didn't even think about that idea the idea that she does she gets called on a bias but then she is she has that time to reflect and learn and admit that she'd made a mistake and come back and like atone for that yeah that's that's an important part as well because like I say we you all have this unconscious bias in some uh in some ways but you know it's not about just identifying it and then cancelling that person because can you imagine if they just like ended the film there like, <laughs> like, like you're you're it. nice well funny credits. not so nice <laughs> yeah. now <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. now that to be fair that would be super contemporary if she just judy had been cancelled and that that was it right then that would be today but yeah i think giving her that that space she had to she actually had to go back home and another thing that was important in, in that journey of hers is when she does go back home she then meets um gideon who was that initial bully who had put that kind of feel or i guess her parents played a part in that but um that moment where she gets that fear of predators but uh, Gideon had, had changed like he'd become oh, yeah, her, her parents were like working with him now and they were obviously yeah. the ones who had this problem with foxes in the first place yeah he was it... like the sweetest fluffiest <laughs> no, baker it... like... <laughs> yeah future Gideon is great yeah we like future Gideon yeah so I, I think that showing that side of it I saw that people can change and I feel that was if we're you know, talking about themes that was another um theme in the in the film where this idea from the very beginning that you know judy's from a family of uh carrot farmers and that's all she should be according to her parents that's all she should be according to past gideon um and she shouldn't have these dreams and even when she gets to zootopia and she first meets nick and you know sort of nick sees her as this you know wide-eyed literally bunny rabbit uh in this big city where you know she's just gonna sort of crash and burn according to him because people are i, I think he has that line along uh something like you know people are just who they who they are and you can't change that so even he comes yeah. uh across like that even, mm-hmm. uh, calls her out as like a rabbit farmer and she's like actually <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so am I, I quite like... am I wrong in saying that um the original draft of the film the predators had like shot collars on yeah they did yeah Mm -hmm. i think i'm glad they didn't do that because i think the whole speech and like her realizing she was wrong would have been a lot less impactful if they were already being singled out like that yeah yeah i think i remember seeing a statement where they were like um you know they wanted people to want to save zootopia and if zootopia was this place that you know systemically put shock collars on predators and treated them like terribly then people wouldn't have this attachment and want to save the city so of course they had they changed it to make zootopia more of a a place where people felt equal mm. Mm. yeah i think that was um, a good change yeah that would have definitely been a bit too much yeah, it would just have been a lot darker was... if they all had, like, yeah. shot colours on. That's horrible. Yeah. Like, they're citizens. Like, they're all supposed <laughs> to be living together. And imagine just putting shot colours on, like, the majority of the population. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> very dark. <laughs> but it just kind of, just as you said that, I have, like, a flashback to um, Detective Pikachu. Okay. <laughs> like, creating... I didn't think we'd be going here. <laughs> yeah, I know. There is a link. So creating this city that is um 
like the this amazing place where good things happen and everyone lives in harmony. Um, it's something that Detective Pikachu also done because uh, it was like there's no battles. Oh like yeah, battles. you're right. Pokemon, uh, Pokemon and humans live together um, rather than you know, and they don't live in their Pokeballs and blah blah blah. Um, yeah, it's just that link there. There's a link there. Yeah. <laughs> I think okay. there is. I think you're right. I, I see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. But it I'll, also I'll has, like, brings up uh, topics of, of childhood, like, prejudice and, like, yeah. this idea that you change. So... Yeah, yeah, I think that's I don't want to go back and watch Detective Pikachu now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> there was another point of like this sort of unconscious bias. Um, when Judy first gets to Zootopia and she goes her first day of work, and the uh, the cheetah was it a cheetah at the receptionist? Claw receptionist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then. But she is just like, oh, aren't you like a cute little <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Mm. And then she's, Judy's just like, um, you see, when we call each other cute, it's fine. But when you call oh, us yeah. cute, it's mm-hmm. not okay. And then yeah. she's like, oh, look at me. I'm like the stereotypical cop that just stuffs their face with donuts. And I'm like being sort of I'm stereotyping you it was just like that was the first sort of like oh okay <laughs> but of course he's not doing it out of like a, a place of cruelty like he's, he's, a, he's a good guy <laughs> most you know nicest guy uh-huh. but even he from the beginning it's yeah kind of like, anyone can have this it's mm-hmm. not a it's not a you're a good person you're a bad person it's mm-hmm. a like you said earlier subject of your environment right so mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was an important thing for them to do and and I guess do through Judy because it comes from a place you you wouldn't expect. So it's like saying, you know, you, this can this is in in everyone. So yeah, I just like really like the way they they dealt with that. Um, so I mean, did anyone? Well, I feel like we all really enjoyed this, but like particular moments or lines in the film. Like, did you have any favourites? A couple. <laughs> okay, just a couple? Just a right. couple. <laughs> just the whole movie? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to... Oh, I'm going to do three. I'll be really quick. Um, okay. When Nick tells Judy about him getting muzzled as a kid when he wants to join, I don't know, I can't remember oh, what the, it's called. Like, the I was going to say Boy Scouts, but yeah, the... the 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 scouts but they were yeah. all prey animals yeah uh, and he was the only predator. um and just that moment of him telling a that story and him the moment of him telling that story um to judy which was kind of like the second trust moment or like yeah. a friend that they're no longer just working together they're now friends um then the a funny moment um, when they there's like the app on the phone with the gazelle, uh, the singing gazelle. Oh yeah. Um, and then I keep forgetting the, the uh, reception's name, uh, but goes into uh, Chief Bogo's office to tell. To tell oh, and he's him. got the, he's got the app. And he's got the app. And he's just like, no, no, I'm not. No, you didn't hear. It. That's not what you heard. <laughs> Oh, no. So the receptionist's name is uh, Clawhauser. 
so I can't guarantee the time basically just say because I don't know what's going to happen so my <laughs> my because I've never been to the DMV but I've only heard like my aunt and uncle talk about it but they seem to think maybe it's it is just yours. Penelope, it might but... be a regional thing. Yeah. yeah, it might be that some of them are good and some of them are just terrible. <laughs> yeah, because the stereotype I just, I just... is definitely the latter. Like exactly. So yeah, I just love that whole just commentary on, uh, and that's what I like about sort of I guess using animals because you can you can kind of make that sort of uh, commentary. So sloths being slow animals, you match that up with the DMV, which stereotypically is slow, mm-hmm. and I kind of yeah. like how you use animals for that. But then. Mm-hmm. As Judy's trying to get him to get a license plate, and Nick just drops that joke in there. So you've got to go this whole, whole thing of him mm-hmm. acting. And then to and then top it off, he colleague. tells his colleague. <laughs> That's just brilliant. And it's, and it's really, um, so again, I was, like I said, I was listening to his podcast about the, uh, with the directors and they were talking about that scene and how when they were taking it um, back to uh, John Lasseter, who is the uh, sort of head of, I guess, like Pixar and now Disney. Uh, animations and he was telling them to go further with the joke like they were saying you know how long can we can we drag this out and he was like go further go further mm-hmm. and just the right the I right point i yeah. think it's even funnier that um bunnies are typically fast <laughs> like faster quite fast animals in terms of like everything about them they like their heartbeats ridiculously fast yeah they're, like they thump fast they're energetic and sloth so she's just like reading the license plate back to him every letter <laughs> <laughs> and he's just not getting it and he's just like mm. and it's just <laughs> and the fact that his name's flash and you reminded me of yeah. another bit that's really funny the very 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 oh, very yeah. end <laughs> and there are these like boy racers types like speeding around town and you've got to go catch them and they go and they've got their big car and they and they pull them over and then he rolls down the window and it's flash. Flash. Yeah. <laughs> it's so and it's kind of like I just realized this in a way that like the filmmakers are using our bias and prejudice on animals yeah. to play with like the story and uh things like that. So yeah, that was my that was one of my favorite moments. I had many favorite moments. You kind of covered a lot of them. So um one thing I have to ask though is since we're talking animals and animal characters. Uh, if you were an animal in Zootopia or the Mayamada universe, what animal would you be? Stunned silence. I read this beforehand as well, so I have been thinking about mm. it, and I'm... I don't know. I want to say I'd be a cat because they're my favourite animals and, like, ev- I just love cats so much, but there weren't any like domestic cats there were big cats in the film but there were no domestic cats and they're my favorites so i don't know if it would work i, I think you can be a cat just because they weren't <laughs> there they were they were they were there i mean they must be somewhere i watch it back frame by frame there is a cat <laughs> somewhere That's a domestic a cat is in there somewhere <laughs> there is a few scenes where there's a lot of different animals i don't think i could That's pick true. out yeah Oh, I just thought of another favourite scene. <laughs> okay, it's still coming. Can I just say this one? Because it's, it's another yeah, one ahead. that plays on, like, animal... Like, well, stereotypes, I guess. 
Um, and it's the scene when they go to like the yoga place. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and elephants are supposed to have really good memories. Yeah. And there's, I don't even know what like type of animal, a yak or something. And, uh, and he's like, yeah, she'll remember. Like elephants have really good memories and like remembers the whole thing. And the elephant's like, no, I have no idea. And he's like, yeah, that, that guy that came in and da, da, da. Yeah, no, no yeah. idea. Yeah, and he went off mm-hmm. in like the, the black limo. <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah, like he's he's the one who remembers, but he thinks it's the elephant who does yeah. because because stereotypically elephants have good memory. He walks up and goes, "See, she just has such a great memory." <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's and really Judith's good. just like, "You remembered all of that." <laughs> oh. That was a brilliant moment. But yeah, I, I think that the whole idea of deciding what animal you would be really does stump people. So I'm gonna let you think about that and maybe contemplate that in your when you're alone and you know like it's silence just go deep into your memory and think about what animal you would be i'm gonna leave that with you okay oh mine um so i came upon well i landed on giraffe and (laughs) it took me years so another thing about uh, my matter is like we turn people into characters in our stories so every story we've got has a character, a person, real life person or a pet, sometimes both, who we've turned into a character. Been doing this for years and I have no character in this. Uh, you it's, really you know, need one. That's like mandatory, surely. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it took me, like, I like to say I just thought of this as we were doing this podcast, but honestly, it took me ages to think about what kind of character I would be. And I'm, I'm on giraffe now just because because they're tall and um but also i like the uh their skin like the patterns because they're all unique and i like the idea of like creativity being unique to the to the person to the character so that's why i am now i had my moment of reflection my deep dark moment of reflection and emerged with giraffe okay (laughs) 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 so yeah it might take a while. It might take a while. Well, hopefully we'll be seeing you in the next uh, in hot lunch or something popping up in the background. Uh, yeah, actually, that was the plan. Uh, <laughs> a few people and a few characters that I owe people that are going to turn up in like a in the collector's edition of Hot Lunch. Now that I've yeah, said this on recording, <laughs> I have to do it now. Yep. But, um, so I'm going to ask the most obvious question of uh, the day. Do you want to see more Zootopia films? Are you in this age of like, you know, sequels and shared universes and all that? Do you want to see another Zootopia or are you good with just one? I'd like to see another one. I know a lot of people are thinking like what would happen in it, but I think it would be really cool to see like Nick and Judy actually working together like from the very beginning. Like, I don't know, some big case to go down or something. I I think they could do a lot with the story and the world still. So I think it would be nice to see a sequel. I feel like it would make a really good TV show. Ooh, so. now that you said that, yeah. Disney Plus. I Disney Plus. love my, like, cop shows. Like, anything to do with, like, I don't know. So, like, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. Brooke, yeah. Uh, iZombie. That kind of thing. And they have that kind of, like, two-person dynamic. Comedy. Mm-hmm. It's just, like... The kids' version, the kids' animated yeah. version, you know. I'm, I'm there for it. Let's do it. 
One thing yeah. that will get me into having Disney Plus. Like, <laughs> yeah. I've already Zootopia. said I won't commit to it previously. So your mind. If they do a Zootopia <laughs> TV show, <Okay>. maybe. Um, <laughs> if anyone from Disney is listening, that's what it's going to get. Uh, that's what's going to take to get Tazzy's money. And I know you want her money because you want everyone's money. So <laughs> Zootopia cop show. There you go. Um, yeah, no, I I definitely like to see it. Just my my only thing with I guess yeah, Disney animation and Pixar, I like that their stories are all about something. So there's a theme. So I feel like they've kind of done the 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 prejudice unconscious bias theme. So if there's a another theme they can tackle within that world, um, I'm I'm all for it. Yeah, I agree. I think I think like they nailed it on the head with like. Um it lends itself well to a sort of episodic format, like crime solving stuff. You know, it, it's great. You, you almost never run out of ideas with that kind of thing. But yeah. in terms of like a movie, I'm not so sure because yeah, like you say, you kind of want that bigger theme in there and you also don't want them to try and force it or anything like that. So I don't know. I'm happy with the one we have. Okay. All right. That works too. That works. So yeah, listeners, you can let us know what you think. Do you want to see another Zootopia uh, are you prepared to shell out for Disney Plus to see more Zootopia episodic content? Uh, let us know at feedback at myamada.com. So we're going to talk a bit more about, I guess, Zootopia, but in the context of giving some story advice. And as I was watching the, uh, the film... So I've also been uh, reading uh, this book by John Truby, which is The Anatomy of Story. And I tend to read it sort of bit by bit. Uh, and that's mostly because, well, partly I'm a very distracted reader. So I'll read a bit and I'll go off and do something else. But also I just get these massive epiphanies every time I read something in this book. And it just so happened I'd been reading something about the idea of thematic revelation uh, in your story and it I felt like it matched up with what was happening or you know the story of Zootopia so <clears throat> the idea of uh, thematic revelation is like you have your your protagonist and they go on this journey and they learn something so we've got Judy learning that she has this unconscious bias and having to deal with that but with the thematic revelation it's the idea that the revelation is gained not by the protagonist but by the audience watching so it's when you have your theme and it kind of comes out of the story and into the lives of the reader and that's where i feel zootopia is really good because it it got us to think about prejudice and think about uh this idea of unconscious bias but also think about you know this idea of uh, not being sort of what you're quote unquote supposed to be and going beyond that and I feel like doing that in 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 this story has I don't know just made it like a, a bit deeper and it, it sort of stays with you after you um, after you watch it and I guess it's the idea of how you how you do that and what they've done here is have a have a theme and that theme is played out in the characters so you you've got your protagonist and you've got your antagonist and they then have to be opposites so you've got this idea of uh, binary opposites so in the case of Zootopia you have Judy being a protagonist but then you also have uh, assistant uh, Mayor Bellwether or Mayor 
Beowulf as she uh, becomes. But so they're opposite. So you've got Judy with the mindset of things can change. So she's going to change herself and she's going to go on this journey. Um, she's going to change herself to become what she wants to be. Whereas the antagonist, Bellwether, is about changing others. So using the, the idea of these animals or predators as savages to like sow division and fear in this uh, Zootopia, uh, she's going to change others to you know, go and get what she wants. So by giving characters different skews on the same theme, you allow the characters in the story, but also the audience outside of the story to consider uh, these themes. And then by the end of your story, you then bring them together. So you have that um, different belief systems uh, coming together. So you have, as we talked about, the the moment when Judy is explaining or giving that speech, and she talks about predators being sort of biological, biologically predetermined to going savage, and uh, we talked about like uh, she tells Nick, you know, you're not like them, or you're not that kind of predator, um, which is coming from her beliefs. So after she has that moment where she realizes she's been wrong and she's hurt her friend she kind of goes away and then she has a choice. Uh, she has a moral choice by the end of the film where she, she's left Zootopia, but she realized what's been happening. So she makes a choice to go back to Zootopia and apologize to Nick and then go and sort of, I guess, solve the case uh, in a sense. And by giving your characters that journey and that choice at the end that ties in with the theme, you then kind of bring it out of the characters and hopefully into the minds of the audience or the reader or the, the viewer or the player if it's a video game. Um, so yeah, I guess, yeah, what did you guys think about that? Did you like go away? I mean, it sounded like we all sort of went away and, and felt like the themes in our own lives as well, because I know we've given a few examples of that. Yeah, I definitely think you can see see a lot of the themes um, either in our own lives or around us. Um, I think they've done very well with that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was really impressed with how they tie such a complex message into something that could be a Disney animation and viewed, enjoyed by kids, but also um, by adults and people who have been through uh, similar situations. Yeah, I think they did a really good job at... Um conveying those themes and making sure that you know we didn't they didn't fly over our heads or anything at least those of us who know how to recognize those kinds of things um yeah I feel like that was a great way of you know bringing those themes forwards and showing them embodied in these characters I think they did a great job and yeah I can't really think of any better way they could have done it cool. yeah right. like I said with like before my sister who like really didn't want to see it and then to go from that mindset to you know, actually it was done really well and like everything was wrapped up really well and like all the themes were touched upon really well. Like that kind of just shows how well they did. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So a round of applause to Disney. So uh, yeah, <laughs> you did a good job, guys. Maybe you should think about sponsoring the show. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> if you are... Yeah, I know. We're, we're, we're not being paid by Disney, honestly. Yeah. I think we um, need to pick out something we don't like and then... Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I'm really trying... I was trying to think earlier about if I know anyone who didn't like Zootopia and I can't think of a single person. No, me like neither. Uh, 
I think that's a that's a good thing. So, um, but yeah, so if you are a, a story creator and you've sort of played with the idea of thematic revelation, feel free to drop us a line and let us know how you've used it in your story. Um, but yeah, so that's our discussion on, on Zootopia, which I'll probably watch again, if nothing else, for that scene with Flash, because that's just a great moment. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, Penali, do you have any uh, projects coming up or any news or any anything interesting uh, that's going on with you that you'd like to let our listeners know about? Uh, mainly right now, uh, as we mentioned, I'm working on Hot Lunch, the first volume of Hot Lunch with Mayamata. So that is then probably the next thing that is coming out that I've been working on. Other than that, I'm also working on... Um, wrapping up the Yuki versus Panda series, which is another comic series that I do. And other than that, um, not a lot. <laughs> I'm pretty much focused on those things right now. Um, yeah, that's about it. Cool. We're going to cool. drop a, a link to that other uh, Yuki versus Panda. <clears throat> yeah, Yuki versus Panda. Cool. I'm just fin- I think I'm about halfway through the, I think it's the fourth volume right now. So that's been going for a while. I've been working on that for, I think, seven years now. Wow. Cool, yeah, cool. we'll put a link to that in the show notes. <laughs> awesome. Um, so we're going to go on to our listener feedback and questions. Um, so we've been sent in a few. Uh, so the first one is from Kawhi Prince, MH, on Instagram. Uh, were there any animals you like or wanted to see in the film that you didn't see? Yes, domestic cats. <laughs> already, where were they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder why. I guess you you always got to make a a choice on what animal. Cause I, uh, I know the directors mentioned they made a choice not to include uh, insects or no, what was the other one? Aquatic uh, fish, was it? Yeah, yeah I think was, it was no, fish. No, fish, oh, yeah. was it birds? Oh. oh, no, it might birds. have been birds. Yeah, that's a very good point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. But yeah, they made a choice to include some animals and, and exclude others. So All mm-hmm. mammals as well. Like it's a... It's it a yeah, I think... Mammals, yeah. yeah, and I think they, did, they didn't have any fish, they didn't have any birds, and they didn't have any insects either. So I think some people have pointed out that when Judy's going to Zootopia, you see like all those other... Um, places that she passes on the train and like is there more of those out there where mm-hmm. the fish are and where the insects are where the birds are mm. so oh, okay. hey that's that's sequel fuel yeah, yeah. they go, <laughs> they go the to a distant time. land <laughs> where <laughs> insects <laughs> yeah um I, I wasn't really that fussed about what animals were in it personally I just enjoyed it for the animals that were in it yeah I mean I didn't have any animals i'm trying to think now like what animals i would have uh liked to have seen but i was kind of happy with the selection mm, i kind of like that it i'm sorry gina i kind of like that it wasn't like <laughs> domestic dogs and cats and to be fair, because yeah, i feel they like didn't that's overdone dogs either did they it was, yeah they were mostly more tropical animals because mm-hmm. i feel like that we we've seen a lot of films and shows that you know the main animals mm-hmm. and dogs and cats and you know we see those every day it's nice to see like, I know se- secret life of pets and stuff yeah like. no yeah. That, that's not nowhere near as good as zootopia let's be real here. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah but uh yeah oh animals are, hmm no i think i think they've done well 
I don't know. There's a lot of animals in the animal kingdom. Yeah, I know. Like. <laughs> you know, one thing that they did do was when they made the otter, the um, the one that Judy was looking for, and they were like, oh, because otters are predators. And like, I I know they are, but I never think about it because they're so yeah, cute and like evil. fluffy. <laughs> that is how they get you. Ooh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> did we see beavers? Were beavers in there? I don't think I I don't think we saw any beavers. Beavers would have been pretty cool. I'm going to go with beavers. <laughs> I saw beavers in the sea recently and that was so cute. Okay, yeah. mine, is, mine is bats. Oh, bats would have been good. Bats would have been good. Another nocturnal animal as well. Like, oh, damn. Yeah, actually more nocturnal animals yeah. would have been cool. And I feel like we didn't see the night that much. Considering... Yeah. We only you know, saw it once when they more. go and they chase down that lead from Mr. Big. That yeah, was actually that... one of my favourite scenes. I thought that was so cool. And, like, the whole rainforest district looks so awesome. And then they, like, yeah. were only there for, like, two minutes. I was so yeah. disappointed. I'm sorry, but the wolves. Hilarious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the howling. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So is that all the animals that we're, we're wanting? Maybe. Yeah. Probably not, but I can't think of any. Come back to it then. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the next question, actually the next two questions are from Kota Kitty on Instagram and Twitter. Um, did you see the villain reveal coming? I'm going to go ahead and answer this one first because I did say earlier that I have a few comments on this um, and that I'd come back to it for this question. Because uh, my answer is yes. So much yes. I saw it coming from like I, I think like the the beginning. I was like, yeah, let's sum a cup with this this sheep. Wow, you just not trust like, sheep. I was like, suspect <laughs> from the get go. She was way too like, yeah, we need little, we need little um, like smaller creatures like you. And then it kind of built up like when she was in the the police station, and she was like, yes, take this case. And then, but the real, real bit when I was like, nah, it's, it's, she's really going to be something in this film was in, uh, when you go to check the CCTV, the mm-hmm. traffic cams, and she's just like this glorified receptionist <laughs> oh, <laughs> type great. thing. Yeah, I think that's I, when I got suspicious too. Yeah, and then from that point... I was like, just not trusting her at all. So as soon as um, po- the, the mayor, Mayor Lionheart, Lionheart. Yeah. got arrested, I was like, it's the sheep, it's, the sh- it's her, it's her. <laughs> and then it was like the Rams, I was like, okay, it's game over for you. I'm literally <laughs> always the person who just doesn't see anything coming because I didn't even realize, like, I, even when the sheep turned up in the train sequence, I was still just like, oh, that's cool. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They, yeah, no, they were. I was shocked as well. I'm glad it wasn't just were, me, Nigel. <laughs> no, it wasn't just you. I was because I, I was maybe a little fish off her, but I didn't think like she'd take over as uh, as me and become like the main antagonist. So I was, yeah, uh, I, I was, I was fooled. I was fooled. I was hoodwinked. I was uh, bamboozled. <laughs> My love of like cop shows, um, and it's it's quite a typical like cop show line, like personal power. 
Mm-hmm. Also, also Disney in general recently, they've been doing a lot of these like surprise villains. So I was kind of like, you know, going in there with a. I know what Disney's been up to lately with, you know, um, think Wreck It Ralph, Frozen, stuff like that. So. Like, I see you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so the next question, um, also from Kota Kitty. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, what's your opinion on the film's message? I feel like we've covered this a lot, but any final sort of lines about that? Um, so, of yeah, we have kind of spoken about it, but I will say that I just think it's a a good thing to be able to tackle complex like topics, and particularly, even though it wasn't planned to come out in 2016 and match up with what was going on, that there are stories that we can. Uh, kind of used to you know shine up or put a lens on what's happening now uh, and yeah I just feel that's a good thing we should uh, I say we I don't work for Disney uh, even though <laughs> you might be uh, yeah you might be falling into thinking so listening to this podcast but um, yeah I just think it's a good thing to sort of you keep doing just taking these mm-hmm. uh, complex subjects and putting them in ways where uh, just you know different people young and old can like digest and go away and think about Mm. And especially for like younger people, I think, you know, because they can be so easily influenced by, you know, people with with really cruel points of view and stuff like that. So it's really nice to teach them to like at least see the potential for empathy towards people who are different from themselves. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm going to go with that. The messages in this film were nicely put and like both of you have pretty much summed it up but it's a way that's digestible for pretty much anyone but especially kids just to introduce this idea of these multiple messages like you can have dreams uh we don't all look the same but at the end of the day we can all coexist and live happily (laughs) Uh, and also that you can grow you can make a mistake and grow just because someone might come across in one way to begin with does not mean that they can't be someone else coming out of the other end. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Gina, do you have anything to say on it? I, I think everyone's literally summed everything <laughs> up. Like, honestly, yeah, I think it was, yeah, just done really well and the use of animals really helps. Like, I genuinely don't think a, a lot of people would have watched it if they were humans. I know I said it before, but I really do think that they did a really good job by choosing it to be an animal film yeah awesome mm-hmm. use animals if you want to touch on yeah. you know <laughs> we're already there yeah. <laughs> um so uh, well thank you for those questions if you would like to send us any feedback um either about this episode or ask questions on future episodes you can send your feedback to feedback at myamada.com or you can help hit us up on our socials uh, at myamada on twitter at myamada tease on instagram or at tazzy on both twitter and instagram cool so yeah we've um, come to the end of the show but i was just you know i was just thinking before we wrap up i've got one last thing to say because we said a lot of good things about zootopia i'm going to drop in one negative thing <gasps> so i just wanted to balance it out Are you ready for this so all right, so uh, we exhibit at a number of conventions, and what happened when Zootopia came out is people will come look at our books and go, oh, yeah, that's just like Zootopia. 
And I'd have to look at them and say, first of all, we came out before Zootopia. Second of all, Disney have been having animal characters for a long, long time. Um, yeah, that's the best I got. That's the most negative you can say about Zootopia. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that it, is it, frustrating. <laughs> it, it's, yeah. yeah, it's it's that that mild frustration. That's that's as as much as I've got about this film. I tried, <laughs> I tried, but yeah, just to say, we did create my matter before Zootopia. However, we do have a slightly lower marketing budget than Disney. <laughs> so, you know, people just think that, you know, we kind of saw Zootopia and then created the brand. But um, yeah, there you go. Otherwise, you like that would maybe create some sort of familiarity with the use of, I can't say the word, animal or Anthropomorphic. Characters. And maybe be more inclined to buy my mother. Yes. See, I was trying to come up with a negative and you totally turned that around. I'm sorry. I'm just <laughs> such a person. <laughs> tried. Let, let the record show I tried to balance it out. Couldn't be done. Great film. Um, so, yeah, we've uh, come to the end. Um, thank you, Penali, for joining us and uh, giving your voice to match up with the artwork that people would have seen. Yeah, no problem. I had a great time and I hope to join you guys again at some point in the future. Cool. Yeah, we will make that happen. Um, so, yeah, for um, podcast listeners, our podcast is released first on Patreon, then 24 hours later on SoundCloud and at some point iTunes and Spotify once we figure out that whole application process. So, yeah, if you want to support, um, you can get the episode first. And at some point, we will start bringing in opportunities where you can help develop the show. We've got a lot of ideas we're playing around with, so we'll probably throw them out uh, on there at some point. And yeah, like I mentioned uh, just a few times, we make our own manga. So you can check that out on our website at mymatter.com forward slash manga. We also have a number of comic convention appearances coming up. So... I will be coming up in some places around the UK, whether it's near the Lake District or London or uh, I think I'm going to Leeds or Harrogate or somewhere around there at some point. Um, basically, yeah, if you want to get your manga from us in person, uh, you can definitely do that. And we have our last Gamepad event of the year happening on September the 28th. You can go to gamepad.events to see more information about that. And just a heads up on anyone who is in around in and around London, we've got a live Story X Story recording happening at Orbital Comics on Saturday, December 7th. It hasn't been officially announced publicly, so I think the only place it's been spoken about it is on this podcast, but at some point we'll get all that promotion going. But it will be um, us and it will be um my matter co-founder lao and uh editor of hot lunch and pretty much all our manga lara lee and we'll be doing a i guess an end of year celebration uh with hot lunch and then recording uh, a live episode of story x story after that so yeah once we do we don't even have a web page up for that uh, at the moment that's how breaking news it is but once we've got that we'll link to that in the show notes also so our, in our next episode, we're going, uh, we're going way back. We're going to be talking about the original Matrix film with uh, guest Jay King, the artist, because of the announcement of another or fourth Matrix film. We're going to go back and talk about the original. 
and we're going to be giving more storytelling tips so stay stay tuned uh for that so yeah thanks for joining us uh, our email address is feedback at mymatter.com so you can send us your feedback on anything that you've heard today or just general my matter questions and you can check us out at soundcloud.com forward slash story x story thanks for joining us <laughs>